From WDBM East Lansing, this is The Undercurrent, a bi-weekly news feature show produced by students at Michigan State University, showcasing our own student stories. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to The Undercurrent. You are listening to Season 14, Episode 13, and I'm your host, Claire Baccarella. Today, we're joined by Michigan State University alum, Haley Kluge. After graduating in 2017 with a Bachelor of Arts in Journalism, she's now the youngest ever creative director in Variety Magazine's history. She was even named on this year's Forbes 30 Under 30 list. Please join me in welcoming Haley Kluge. Hi, Haley. Thanks for being here today. How are you doing? Hi, Claire. Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Thank you. So first, can you please share a little bit about yourself with our listeners? Sure. Yeah. Thank you for that lovely little intro. I was like, that sounds so, so exciting. Um, So yeah, like you said, I graduated in 2017 from Michigan State. I actually grew up right outside of East Lansing. So I went to Grand Lodge High School, grew up in Lansing, um, only, only kind of looked at Michigan State. So was there for four years studying journalism and graphic design. And then when I graduated, I actually went to New York. So I was at Men's Health Magazine for a few years. And then in 2018, I moved to Los Angeles with Variety and have been there kind of ever since. I took a year gap in the middle to go work at Netflix, but have been working in editorial design, print magazine, kind of since I graduated. So that's where I've been. Yeah. So can you tell us about your job as creative director for Variety and what your roles and responsibilities are? Totally. So my responsibility as a creative director is to oversee the visual brand identity of the magazine. And so that primarily includes the print magazine. And I work with a team of, gosh, six, six designers. We assemble the magazine every week, right? So we get writers from the words, we get photos from our photo editor. And I always kind of say that our job is to make it look beautiful and inviting to a reader and readable for a reader. So we still publish a weekly magazine. We publish 50 weeks a year. Um, in addition, we do around 45 supplemental award issues. So I oversee the production side of all of that. So that means the design, getting it to the printer, kind of getting it to everyone's mailbox. And then in addition, I also oversee the aesthetics of the way the brand is presented online, on you know social media, on our website. We have a whole video team, so I work with them to you know make sure our video all aligns. But I would say overall, my job is to is to really make the brand feel like a universal, cohesive brand experience. So I work with a bunch of different teams to accomplish that. Yeah, that's awesome. So can you tell our listeners about your time as a student at MSU? What type of things were you involved in on campus and how did those experiences shape you? Yeah, absolutely. So I, like I said, I kind of grew up in East Lansing. So I only ever considered going to Michigan State. My dad works on campus. My grandma's a professor on campus. Like I have bled green from day one. Um, I graduated high school at the Breslin Center, graduated college at the Breslin Center, right? So was very much in the Spartan community. And so I, when I got to MSU, I was so obsessed with like being a sponge and absorbing all different opportunities and experiences. So I collected 
I, I collected clubs and organizations and internships like Horcruxes. I mean, I was just obsessed. And so I worked at a couple different places, primarily um, club-wise. I was at Vim Magazine, which is still rocking today, and I love seeing them thrive. So I was the art director at Vim and associate art director when I was, or assistant art director when I was a freshman and kind of worked my way through that for all four years. And that gave me, I think that really gave me kind of my first taste of what magazine design is and editorial design and just loved that experience. So I worked at Vim. I worked briefly at the state news as a designer. I worked for communications and brand strategies. So I worked with the university social media uh, accounts doing their social media graphics tiles, you know, so like when someone would tweet out a graphic or a quote card or something like that, I would work with our team to do that. Um, I worked at the football, I worked with the football team and for the athletic departments doing their recruiting graphics, which was so much fun and doing like all of their signing day graphics and things like that. And I worked with a really wonderful design crew over there. Um, I worked for the Michigan Interscholastic Press Association through the School of Journalism, um, which is the headquarters for high school journalism, which is originally actually what I thought I wanted to go into was I wanted to teach high school journalism. Um, and yeah, I just kind of worked, worked my way through all of those. And so that was during the school year I was collecting or, you know, participating in all different clubs and events and jobs and things like that. And then in the summers, I was really fortunate. I was able to go to New York. I spent two summers in New York going into my junior and senior year doing internships. So going into my junior year, I was at Good Housekeeping Magazine at Hearst Tower. And then my going into my senior year, I was at Cosmo. So those were kind of the, the culmination of all of the portfolio building and, and club participating in during my undergrad. Awesome. So you were named in the 2024 Forbes 30 under 30 list. And what was your reaction to learning you would be recognized on this list? Yeah, that was, it was such a fun surprise. So it's so funny. They don't tell you beforehand if you're on the list, like the list goes public and that's kind of how we find out. I found out I had been nominated in the summer. I knew I was on the short list. So they send kind of some follow-up questions about you, letting you know you've been in your consideration or you've been nominated and then they uh send you some questions about you know your career and things like that and that's it that's all you hear from them that was like in june or july and i found out in november so it was kind of just like i was aware of it and i knew the list hadn't come out but i wasn't sure whether or not you know i made the cut or anything like that so then in november it was like the week after thanksgiving um, I happened to be up kind of at like four in the morning and was just on my phone and, and saw it live. And that's how I found out. I just checked, checked Twitter. And, um, so it was, it was such a fun surprise and very, I, I was really excited and quite an honor, but yeah, it was a, it was a wild way to find out just like being an insomniac and being up and seeing it go live. So can you share a little bit about your creative process for design? And do you have a favorite cover design or project that you've worked on with Variety? Yeah, for sure. So it's, I have been really lucky to, I've worked with some of like, in my mind, the best editorial designers in the business. Um, I've had worked with three really wonderful creative directors who 
at Men's Health and Variety. So when I first started at Men's Health, I started as a designer. And that was, I think, where I kind of got my first taste of what it meant to understand a design aesthetic and like a design mentality and like men's health really we wanted to be like an instructional handbook and so we used a lot of like rules and lines and and really clean design and I've really maintained that I think in a lot of ways through my through my design aesthetic so as far as my design process goes like we kind of always start with the story and I think that that is the most important thing. And one thing that's really helpful coming from a journalism background and a journalism degree is that I always want to come at it from, I don't want to just like make this beautiful for the sake of being beautiful. I really want to tell a story in, in an effective way. And so like, for example, if we're doing a, a, profile on like Michael J. Fox, for example, and this looking back profile on him and his struggles with Parkinson's and his new documentary still, you know, like what tonally do we want that to look like? And we did that earlier this year when, when still came out and we really wanted something to be like classic in this moment in time and really I don't want to say heroic, but like this, he's such a wonderful man and he has done so much and he has persevered through so much. And we really wanted to have this moment for him. And so we start with the story, like what is the angle of the story? What is the tone we want to accomplish? And that is really what we use to inform the design. So once we kind of knew what we wanted that tonally, for example, we then identify photographers or illustrators that might help us accomplish that. So in that case, we worked with a photographer named Platon, uh, Platon, who is wildly amazing. And he just captured this like beautiful film portrait of him. Um, and then we, we used really minimal typography to kind of focus on the photos and keep this really clean design, modern aesthetic. So to me, it's always starting about what the tone of the story is if it's something really playful like for example um I did a story on this show called Pen 15 which was it's on Hulu or it was on Hulu and I believe and uh it's about these adult women playing their middle school selves and they're the writers of the show and so I was like okay if this is an adult playing their middle school show or middle school selves I think about my middle school selves and I think of like composition notebooks and stickers and like chaotic energy and like gel pens and all that sort of thing. And so instead of using a traditional portrait for them, I took their portraits and I cut them out and I put them on a composition notebook and I ordered all these stickers on Amazon and I just like went crazy. And then I took a picture of it with my iPhone and that's what ran in the magazine. So, you know, it's that's kind of, I think, how my process starts is figuring out the tone and then figuring out how we how we accomplish that, right? So that to me is that. And then also with this undercurrent of, okay, how do we make this clean and modern and smart? I love smart design. Um, I think that's really kind of where it, where it goes. 
So what struggles have you experienced being a woman under 30 in a professional field in an age where women are often underestimated? And how did you face those struggles? For sure. It's so interesting because I think about imposter syndrome a lot, right? And it's so hard to talk about it without sounding insecure about like without being insecure about sounding insecure. Right. Um, and you know, I know this is audio, so most people can't see, but I'm pretty tiny also I'm five foot on a good day. Um, and so, you know, I've been on sets where I've been confused as like an assistant or a PA instead of a person in leadership or authority. And, you know, I really have a wonderful team that is so supportive of me and really believed in me. When I came back to Variety, so I left for four years. And when I left, I left as an art director. And then when they approached me about coming back in this leadership role where I would be running the department, I remember having conversations being like, I'm not ready, right? Like, I don't feel ready. And there and bless their hearts were so steadfast in the sense that they were like, if you weren't ready, we wouldn't come to you. Like, we know you're ready. We've seen you work. We know you're ready to lead this team. And so I am incredibly grateful for their support because I think had I not had that, I don't know. I don't know if I would have been able to have the courage to like stand in the room and be like, oh yeah, I've got this. Right. And now in, in this place in my career, I now feel that way. Um, but, you know, I do think that there is, I, I, I don't want to say there's a disadvantage of being younger, right? But I do sometimes feel like you have to work harder to prove that you deserve to be in the room. And thankfully, I have a really supportive room that I'm in. And so I don't have, I don't feel that on a daily basis. But, you know, I've definitely been, I've been on sets that people have asked me where that note comes from, you know, um, I'll, I'll give a note and someone will ask, well, where did that come from? And, you know, the answer is me. So it's an interesting dynamic, but I am really grateful to have a supportive group around me. And that's really helped me be able to do my job because it's not easy, right? It's not easy to feel like you don't, deserve to be in the room. Absolutely. So looking back at your journey so far, what would you consider the most significant milestone in your career? And what lessons did you learn from that experience? Mm. Hmm. (laughs) You know, Forbes was a big one for me. That that was a really validating moment in a lot of ways. Um, But I also like, there's a few covers that I've worked on and I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm proud of that. We really, we hit the mark on that one. Um, one example was when, you know, at Variety, it's all about the business of entertainment. So it's very news reactive about what's happening in the entertainment space and in Hollywood. And when the writers strike, the WGA strike happened earlier this year, we had to get very creative very quickly about what sort of things we covered and same when SAG struck. Um, and when the WGA struck, we had a cover like ready to go to the printer. And then we had a, we had a group discussion. We were like, this is the biggest news in entertainment in a decade. Like we have to put this on the cover. And 
So I sat down with my editor in chief and in like 10 minutes, we created this cover that it's literally just a white blank cover with our logo. And it says no words, like how the writer strike is affecting Hollywood. And then it has this like stock photo of pencil shavings on the corner. And it was this really effective way to tell the story about like no writers, no words on this page, very minimal, no photo or illustration that we commissioned. It was literally a stock photo, like photo. Um, and we did it in like 10 minutes. And I think that that is, I think that is my most awarded um, design of all time from different organizations and recognize. And so like that sort of adrenaline moment of all of us coming together and being like, okay, we need to be reactive. We need to pivot. We need to be creative here. You know, we don't have time to commission a photo or commission an illustration. What can we do that smart, effective storytelling? Um, and I, I love how it turned out and it's one, still one of my favorite designs that we've done. So I think things like that, um, even though they weren't like a loud moment or a public moment in my career, like those moments are like, okay, like this team, we click, we get it. So, and we know, but, and we were able to do something that we, I think we're all really proud of. Yeah, that's awesome. So for young designers aspiring to make a mark in the industry, what advice would you offer based on your own experiences and challenges? Yeah, for sure. So two things I'll say, one is from like a portfolio building sit, um, side is just collect your work and never be afraid to go back and revisit it. Like I have things, or when I was first designing, I had things in my portfolio that I felt like I had to publish because they were published that way. Like there were Vim designs that I had put on my website, even though I wasn't super happy with them. And then I went back and I redesigned them and I put those up on my portfolio. So just constantly being updating your work and whether it's collecting things from classes or internships or jobs or whatever the case may be, just like collect things and curate a portfolio that you're really proud of and definitely do um, quality over quantity. Like I don't want to see a hundred fine clips. I'd rather see 20 great clips or clips that you're really proud of. Um, so for designers, like my recommendation is just to like throw things against the wall and see what, see what sticks and just play and find designers that you love and, and try and emulate their style or try and figure out why you like their style and break it apart, um, and really dissect it. And I think in doing that, you'll absorb naturally some of those design tendencies. So just like play and work and explore, and collect things you're proud of. So that's it from like a logistics, how to get hired perspective. And then as far as like a general life advice, you know, and I, and I think this is probably true to a lot of industries right now, like stay resilient and stay, um, try your best to stay positive. Like the job hunt is rough. I was actually laid off when I was at Netflix. So for, for full context, I was at Variety for four years. I left for a job at Netflix. I went for a year and then left Netflix eventually to come back in, to Variety. But during my year at Netflix, I was, I think, eight weeks in. I had just left this like incredibly stable job that I loved and um, for this Netflix opportunity. And I was like eight weeks in and got laid off. 
And it was the scariest feeling in the world. And I knew I would, I knew I would be okay. I knew it would bounce back, but like in the moment you don't feel that way, right? Like you just feel panic. Um, and that to me was a really big lesson in how to bounce back, how to, you know, stay positive, how to react, things like that. Um, so stay positive as best you can and just know, you know, especially going into like an editorial space or a tech space that is normal. We kind of joke now it's a rite of passage for us. Like most of my friends have been laid off at least one point in their career, which is sad to say, but, um, you know, it's, it's part of the industry and you kind of have to know that going in that it might happen and, and that you should always be prepared or aware or just cognizant that that is a possibility. So, and I, like I said, I think that's true for a lot of people, but going into tech, going into editorial, you know, it's, it's a tough industry and, um, an industry that's constantly changing and just be prepared to adapt and change alongside of it, because I think anything can happen. For sure. So are there particular artists or designers who have inspired your approach to design and creativity throughout your career? Oh my gosh, yes. So the three big creative directors I've worked with who kind of, I think, foundationally shapes me at who I was as a designer. Um, Mike Schneidt, who was my first boss, who hired me out of college. He's the best. He also has a new book coming out. Um, <laughs> uh, Robert Festino, who hired me at Variety. And then Raul Aguilia, who is one of the most talented people in the world and a dear friend of mine and was also my creative director at Variety. And then I love looking at the New York Times and what Gail is doing over at the New York Times Magazine. I love seeing other designers like Kayla Bennett. I mean, I just, there's so much amazing design happening out there. Mike Salida, Hitomi Sato, Raymond Ho. Like I have so many designers that I could just nerd out and fangirl over all day. Um, and I love combing through what they're doing and seeing what sort of elements I can bring of that into variety and what my team can bring over. My design director, Ted Keller is amazing. Um, I just, there's, there's so, I have a roster of people I'm always nerding out about. And same thing with illustrators and photographers too. That's all my Instagram feed is, is like my favorite photographers and illustrators and designers. Awesome. So I know working in the media can sometimes come with access to attending exciting events like award shows and premieres. What's your favorite event or opportunity you've had because of your job? Oh, that's such a fun question. Um, I, I'm a really big theater nerd. Um, and so I've gone to the Tonys a couple times, which I, which is like our, the, the, the Oscars of, of Broadway, right. Of theater. And so I love, I loved going to the Tonys. That's always my favorite. Awesome. So looking ahead, what legacy do you hope to leave in your role as creative director and what aspirations do you have for the future of Variety's visual identity? So I think, you know, it's interesting when I came when I left Variety the first time, the reason I left was I was really tired of the news cycle. Um, you know, you're on in in news, you're on all the time. And I was really tired and burnt out and I needed a break. And so when I came back, my priority was to lead a team where they didn't feel that. 
And so as far as like my legacy, I mean, I would love to be known to having a great design and high quality design, but I really want to be, if I had to pick one thing, it would be to have established a, a work-life balance for a team and have a workflow and a project management system that is effective and that allows everyone to go home at the end of the day and like not have to think about work. That really, I would love nothing more than for that to be like the quote unquote legacy, right? Um, but as far as, or with that being said, like I have so many dreams for variety. We right now are in the middle of a web and print redesign. My dream is that when you experience variety as a brand, whether it's on social, web, or print, it looks like one brand. And I don't really feel like I've ever had that experience at Variety, you know, and I've been there since 2018. There was always one that felt kind of out of place or didn't feel cohesive to the others. And so we are on that path, on that trajectory. I'm hoping it launches soon, like next month, I think. Um, and I would, that that's my ultimate goal is to have one cohesive brand experience and that you can look at it and you say, oh, that's variety, right? Because I scroll through other news organizations and I feel that way, right? I, I see something from people. I'm like, oh, that people blue, right? Like I, I know that's a people magazine. Um, so that's my goal. That's my dream. It keeps me up at night. <laughs> um, and to just have a really beautifully designed print magazine, we're really lucky to still be in print. Um, we have a really supportive um, company that believes in print media and what a gift it is to be able to do that every week. And so to maintain that quality while simultaneously branching it out to the other verticals of the brand, I think is, is the ultimate goal, ultimate dream. All right. So that's all the time we have for today. Thanks so much, Haley, for joining us. It was great talking with you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And go green. Go white. And that's it for our show. Thank you to our station manager, Delaney Rogers, general manager, Jeremy Whiting, and program director, McKenna Louds. See you next time on The Undercurrent. And as always, thank you to you, our listeners. If you are interested in going back and listening to our archive of stories, feel free to check out our website at impact89fm.org. And of course, if you are interested in our student stories, you can tune back in at 1030 every other Sunday, and we will see you back here. It's Claire Baccarella signing off as your host. You've been listening to The Undercurrent.